Right here on 1049, The Horn, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. This is my man Patrick, the idealionaire, the real MVP. Take songs from a soundtrack that inspired him um, based on those selections that are played for us. He um, basically assumes that we're going to gather clues and hints that will lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. Well, this week he assumed correctly. We got it on the first try. Harge and I both got it. Above the Rim is your featured film. If you have not seen Above the Rim, I'd recommend it if you like basketball. Sports movies. All right, it's a little non- sure. non-traditional basketball sports movie, but it's more about kind of pickup, kind of pickup games. Yes, like pick so up definitely, culture. it is the, the pickup pick game culture. culture and the moral quandaries mm. oh, of yes. a life. Yeah. Yeah, it basically, I think the game came down as li- life or death, actually. The it game really was. The games came down it to really life was. or death. Uh, Tupac was in it. Leon, which is yep. uh, kind of a black sex symbol back in the day. He, black, Leon's in, um, oh man. The uh, Swarm Show. I'm I was going to say your new show that yeah, you're watching. Yeah, he's in that Swarm Show. Donald Glover's show. He's in uh, Swarm, uh, so okay. I won't spoil it for you. Okay. But he's in that too. Uh, and man, I forget the the name of the main character in Above the Rim. He was. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, he really, has, it really all. He did Bernie that. Mac was in there too. Was Bernie Mac was? Yeah, the kid Bernie Mac was. Yeah, in Yeah, I think joint. he was Squirrel or something like that. That was oh, his name. Or Bird or Bird. I think you're right yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, you are. Yeah. It was flip. Flip, 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 flip. There you go. You was close. Yeah, close enough. You knew what I meant. I knew exactly what you, you meant. Know what I, I, mean. I can see the kid yep. and everything. Yep. I knew exactly what you meant. All right, Above the Rim is uh, the movie uh, that is the featured film for midweek movie music. We got uh, Roger Round the Day coming up next segment. So for Roger Round the Day, I'll get into some Texas football. We're starting to talk spring football. They had their first post-spring break practice. So I'm diving deep into some of the uh, the X's and O's. And uh, Gary Patterson, although gone, and we are a little sad about Gary Patterson being gone because we all know that Gary Patterson made a really big positive impact on that Texas football team. He left the Longhorns with a parting gift yeah. of sorts. There you and go. We'll discuss that on Rod's rant of the day. Like the parting it. gift like that he it. left for uh, Longhorn fans. All right, uh, let's go behind the burn on this curtain because we can talk about a, a number of different things, a number of different items uh, because we got Texas baseball with another win. We got Texas basketball coming up on Friday, Sweet 16 game versus Xavier. So we got a cup, a uh, couple of nuggets that we'll go throw out there about that matchup. We haven't started to dive deep into that uh, preview and rabbit hole that preview yet, but uh, I know that sounded weird to rabbit yeah. hole it. Uh, we haven't went rabbit holing. That's better. To rabbit hole it. That did, that just sounded perverted, right? Right. <laughs> I, I was sounded, just going to let it keep going. That sounded uh, like Urban Dictionary. If you uh, look that up right now, that would definitely be something you don't want to the term you don't want your kids using. Yep. All right, after rabbit. No, I'm not going to say it again, but Rabbit holing. I don't know why does rabbit holing sound better than rabbit hole it. That's true. <laughs> that's, I use I use rabbit holing all the time. I think yeah. a lot of people yeah. because you're not you're not. It's just going to a person to, to yeah. rabbit hole somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you're a rabbit hole. If I said I was going to rabbit hole Rod, okay. that sounds terrible. Yeah, no, no, that but sounds if I terrible. said, but if I said, hey, I'm going to I'm going rabbit holing on Rod Babers. <laughs> 
It sounds that's, much better, right? Yeah, it's true. Same sting. Yeah. <laughs> Same sting. <laughs> Got a rabbit hole. You're right. That is sounds yeah. very aggressive, abrasive. Even. All right, so not doing that, but uh, going rabbit holing about the matchup between Texas and Xavier, and we'll do that tomorrow, and we we'll do it Friday because both of those shows uh, to break that matchup down, and we'll do it thoroughly. Uh, but we'll start preview a little sneak preview of that matchup too uh, coming up here in this segment. Look and at the text line real quick. Uh-oh. There's your picture right there. Hey, CB, <laughs> my man CB sent me a picture. That is the per. Oh, that's that a this man. I kit. mean, I can't believe he even still has the kit. Oh, he's got the, with the car with, like the, uh, with the converter and everything yeah. with the cassette converter yeah. for the car. Yeah. For those who don't know, we had a discussion about disc man and and Walkmans earlier in the show, and uh, yeah, I told my story about my last Walkman that I ever had. I uh, love it, and it was actually a gift from a teammate who didn't want me to be mocked by you know onlookers anymore because walking around campus with a with a Walkman, <laughs> which, again, 1999, is a Walkman that out of date? Uh, was it that in 1999? Seems, really? Seems to be, Ron. I don't, under, I don't think it was that out of date. <laughs> I didn't think I was right. that. I don't think I was that much of a loser <laughs> walking around campus. But apparently, I was because uh, my man Tillman Howard bought me a discman, and he said the the only stipulation for getting the discman for free. It's a free disc back then. For free, a lot of money back then. It man. was. That's probably a hundred dollar discman. I don't know man. how much the things cost. It's cost some bread. I Your did boy not have was it. Balling back what? then. What? So Tillman? another bad investment on my part throughout <laughs> my life. Yeah, you was balling. You had it. You, you That's what I'm saying. Another bad investment. The, I could have waited. Shockproof and everything. Uh, he made me. Give him my Walkman, and, and he smashed it right there in front of Jester on the street, in front of like I don't Love know, it. like twenty players on the team. They all clapped after it was smashed. So apparently, it. I had been uh, ridiculed and mocked by a lot of players on the team for walking around with my Walkman. Walking around with a Walkman, I get mocked and ridiculed. Man. That's like bullying. What are you talking about? That was definitely Come on. bullying. Nineteen ninety nine, a Walkman is still acceptable. Discman <laughs> back then, I just got a cell phone. When what was your first cell phone, Raj? Because you. Remember, you hit the league early, so you had a whole. Okay, I had right. a car phone. No, <laughs> I had my first. I got a car phone. Car phone, and it was the uh, again That's a terrible investment. A terrible <laughs> investment by your boy. How much a car phone cost? Because you, you don't even think about the roaming charges. Wow. Think about that. You was getting charged roaming charges. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember that roaming. I don't even know. What my the mom was like, "Why am I paying a thousand dollars for a phone bill and I ain't talked to you once?" And you know, you was using all types oh, of time. Like, for, people for in any the car, they were like, "Hey man, let me call my mom." I'm like, Go "I ahead. don't even call my mom on this phone." What you talking about? That was like the price of calling somebody from a plane. <laughs> it's like back then, you know what I mean? Because if I have done that, they would call somebody from a plane. I remember that. Oh, that's to cost you some money back in the day. Yes, and that's basically what a car phone was back in the day. You spent a ton of it. Was like a hundred. Uh, it was like fifty. Call, That's like right? a collect call from oh. jail. Like, why are you calling me this much? <laughs> Do you accept? Yes. No. Yes. Then, we, then we rolled into the uh, the uh, people would start texting you, but every text costs like five cents or I something. Exactly. And those. you'd be like, yeah. I don't have the plan you're on. Oh, I don't have the plan you're on. Don't text me. No, you I don't have the plan you're on. I remember this. You know what I had? The Nextel Chirp. Remember that the next tail like oh, walkie yeah. talkie? Oh yeah, I had that when I first got to, to Austin. And bro, I would I would look for women who had that cell phone because you knew because I knew I could I could just chirp with them. You, know, what's you know, know I can about? see you hey, right now. As long as we I know this. you can see me. <laughs> hey, for real, that was legit right there, man. I remember that because I remember. Yeah, kids don't know now. Nobody is charged for texts or calls. No, nope. used to get charged for that stuff. Nope. Roman. Yeah. 
Oh man. No. Nope. Man, we're old. That's what I'm saying. Roman charges. <laughs> we're we're old. We just <laughs> laid it out there how old we are. All right, let's talk about Texas uh here. Texas let's talk about Texas football uh quickly for a second here because there are a couple of nuggets out there. Shout out to my friends over at Inside Texas. They've done a really good job of breaking down some of the uh the practice reports from the I think it's a fourth practice that they've had of the spring, their post spring break practice. And we talked about this yesterday about the guys who are coming back, and they got a lot of guys back now. Malik uh, is back now. We talked about that, um, that it, they now have three legit quarterbacks now. Uh, Malik Murphy mm-hmm. is back off of his injury, so he is running second team. Uh, they did also confirm that. And I mean, uh, Bobby, uh, who's been, I mean, he's been. <clears throat> I got. He's probably been covering Texas football for Bobby Burns like twenty years, maybe. Yeah. Probably longer. Uh, honestly, I don't know. I don't want to make the man sound older than he is, but he's been covering Texas football for a long time. He said this is the most armed talent Texas has ever had on campus. It's beautiful. They've never had this much armed talent in that room. Doesn't mean great quarterbacks. That's different. It does. That's different. All right. Yep. Great quarterbacks. That is an amalgamation of you know pocket presence, leadership, and accuracy, and poise on the on the pressure. All those different things. All the intangibles, immeasurables that we can't quantify. But in terms of just straight up arm talent, the most arm, most talented arms you've ever seen at Texas. He says this is the most talented the running. The, the, sorry, the, the quarterback room has been in terms of NFL caliber arms. No doubt. I mean, you look at it and you see the way they spin the football. These guys can all spin the football. Going to your point, doesn't mean that they're great quarterbacks, but they definitely have those powerful arms that you sit there and go, oh, it's an awe moment when you start looking at the way that they throw the football. So, yes, I would agree with those that have come up with that conclusion that, yeah, this is probably the best arm talent that you've seen in that locker room in a very, very long time. I mean, I was on campus with some, like I said, I thought a quarterback room was really talented. It was at one point Chris Sims, who's a five-star, Vince Young, who's a five-star, and Chance Mock, who's a five-star. I know people like Chance Mock. Yeah, Chance Mock was a five-star. Yeah, Chance was a five-star. <laughs> Chance, Chance was cold-blooded cold at yeah, Woodlands. Was, and was cold-blooded at Texas. He really actually did. Yes. He, was, he was. He played great at Texas. He, was one of the high, he had one of the higher passer ratings in the country when he was benched. But, yeah. hey, man, you got benched for Vince Young. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's already, and that's the, and that's the story that I'm sticking to. And I, that's the story he sticks to. That's I what I'm He's saying, like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I, 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 I would have been a great player if I wasn't benched, but I got benched for one of the goats. Exactly. So it's all good. Um, but, yeah, man, they had him, a chance mark, VYN, Chris Sampson. That was a really talented room. But it was, you know, just kind of high upside talent. This is just talking about arm talent overall. And Sark, we know, quarterback guy, he likes, you know, the, he inherited quarterbacks that weren't his type of quarterback. He likes quarterbacks. If he could just, you know, make his choice, have his preference. He likes quarterbacks with big arms, mm-hmm. NFL caliber arms, and he wants them to be pocket passers. Mainly, mostly pocket passing quarterbacks. That's why Hudson Card didn't really fit his style of quarterback, and why Casey Thompson didn't fit his style of quarterback. Now, all these quarterbacks are his type of quarterbacks. Yeah. And damn it, if they ain't got a lot of arm talent out there. They definitely got a lot of arm talent. I'm excited to see the once things really get going and hear all the reports about how these guys truly are looking now that they can just spin it, but now that they're making these passes and making some good passes with these wide receivers and the crew that they have now. Because you can have great arm talent, but if you don't have nobody to throw it to, really don't matter. 
Uh, yeah, they got some guys with That's what I'm saying. Yeah, That's what I'm do. saying. Right. I can't wait to all of that meshes. Um, speaking of arm talent, uh, really quickly, because move on before we start talking about the rest of the offense. Uh, Sark was asked about Arch Manning. He gets an Arch Manning question every media say, availability. Like every day. Um, and, and we're grateful for it, by the way. We want some, yeah. we want some Arch news. Here's the latest Arch update, and I think people are going to be happy with it. Yeah, I, I thought uh, Arch was uh, – Arch. I would say today was his best day, um, which – you know, it should happen. We, hopefully we, we've learned from week one and, and some of the things of whether it's the, the pace of play, whether it's the system, whether it's recognition of defense, whether it's ball placement, whatever that looks like. And um, I thought today today definitely was his best day. Best day. Hopefully every the next day is his best day, too. I, I, I mean, I really I really <laughs> like the fact that we're getting that type of answer from the very beginning. Oh, today was his best day. Best day. But are you going to tell us when he has a bad day? Or are we going to all have good days? Are we going to hear about Malik's great day? Uh, I, I he could, talked about Malik struggling yeah, a little yeah, bit, a little yeah, rusty. Yeah. A little rusty. Getting his bit. timing back. Yeah. Getting yeah. his timing back. Everybody expects that. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to hear about Arch's bad days. Just give me the good <laughs> updates. Keep the bad news. Yes, I just want the good stuff. Um, also, there's good news about the offensive line. Um, he was asked like about it. one particular player, Cam Williams. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Inside Texas. They also are reporting that Cam Williams is expected to be cross-training. Also saw this over at Horns 247 as well. He's going to be cross-training uh, right now, working at right tackle, uh, but he's going to be cross-training at guard and left tackle too. Yeah. He's going to be able to play any damn position uh, on the O-line except for center. Um, here is Sark uh, talking about Cam Williams. I think Cam's doing well. Um, Cam is a guy that um, – you know, I think impressed everybody when he first got here with his ability to move. You know, for such a big man, he's got really good feet. He's got a really high football IQ. I credit him, he and, and Coach Becton and his staff. Uh, I think his body has really changed. Not only has he lost weight, but he's gotten stronger, and, and that's a good sign. So, um, again, he's, he's, he's pushing for a spot in that five. And like we, we tell the linemen all the time, and, and Coach Flood and I have believed this, uh, at, at all three of our stops that we've been together, we want to play the best five guys. And so um, not trying to pigeonhole guys and he's a tackle or he's a guard or he's a left tackle or he's a right tackle, whatever you are, hey, we'll, we'll get you out there and we'll find the best five to get out there. And, um, you know, I always think about Evan Neal when, when we had him in Alabama. He started as a, as a left guard for us. In year two, then he went and played right tackle. In year three, then he went and played left tackle. So it's about finding that right combination of the right five guys, and, and Cam's you know pushing for a spot in there. Okay, I can tell you why I love this comment. First of all, um, Jerry Hamilton over at Inside Texas, he was kind of listing the no, it's not a really a depth chart, but just how the uh, offensive line right now is practicing, just in what groups. Uh, the left tackle is uh, Kelvin Banks. They got um, Peyton Kirkland, the freshman mm-hmm. from Florida, working second-team left tackle. Yeah. Um, they have at left guard, he said Hayden Connor and Neto uh, working there. Max Merrill is third. Center, Jake Majors and uh, Goyer, Sawyer, uh, Goyer uh, Sawyer Welch. Sawyer Welch. Uh-huh. Um, he's at the second-team center. Um, and I believe Max Merrill is working third team center is what uh, Jerry Hamilton said. Right guard DJ Campbell, Malik Ogbo, and Connor Stroh um, at the right guard, and then at right tackle Christian Jones, of course. Uh, Cam Williams working behind him, um, and then he has uh, Jaden Chapman. But also they said Jay Chapman looks really, really good 
and he's getting a lot of love as well. So the offensive line should be a strength, especially when you're cross-training guys like Cam Williams. And remember, last season, they loved the Big 12 package. They called their Big 11 or Big 12 where they used their six offensive linemen on the field. When you lose guys like Rojo and Bijan to extraordinary generational uh, talents in terms of breaking tackles um, and then being able to uh, turn negative plays into positive plays. I wouldn't doubt if they use a lot more girth and bulk up front this year. Last year, they were right under 16% of the time using the 6-0 line package. I wouldn't doubt if you're close to 25% of 6-0 line package because you're so deep there. Yeah. Why not play if you got it? Because they're trying to play their best five, and I think they're going to get. They're going to have a really because they they bring back the starting five. They I was just about so to you, say so your yeah. best five. You're going to bring back the starting five, and we know that one of these younger guys, whether it's a um, you know whether it's a Cam Williams uh, or whether you're talking about you know Neto, Malik Agbo, you know DJ Campbell, one of these young guys is going to ascend. They're going to step up. They're going to take their game to the next level. Maybe Peyton Kirkland too. I was going to say if wanna, he's getting run like that, yeah, Peyton Kirkland, you know you're going to see somebody else that six oh line package gives yeah. you an opportunity to play more of the guys that you know are, are at or an asset for you at your strength which i think is going to be the o-line i hope it's going to be the line that was not the case in the bowl game though right limit bowl game we saw what this offense looks like without imagination and innovative creative cheat codes and force multipliers from steve sarkeesian in his bag and without Rojo and Bijan and their generational tackle, uh, you know, ability to break tackles. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. And this is something that we were wondering how this team was going to look. What would the what was the bowl game's purpose was going to be with the offensive line? Well, I think they failed on that. I don't think they had a great weekend. No. I don't think they had a great game plan. And a lot goes into it. But when you look at what to expect this year. They they got a lot of work together. And then you bring back a Christian Jones to anchor that deal. And now you have all of the other linemen that have been in the program, in the weight program, and now all you have to do is make sure that those fundamentals, the footwork and everything, the base is is set. You should be able to rotate linemen. Hopefully you don't have to, but you should be able to interchange a lot of those linemen. I think a lot of those guys that have been here, that that top recruiting lineman group now is in year two. And then you just brought in another group that's going to keep building. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about it. The competition level at practice now can be at an all-time high. This year we can actually go to the spring game and have two teams playing as opposed to just having one offensive line that is rotating between the teams. Right. Big humans. Yeah. Uh, and right now, that offensive line, like I said, it's it's an embarrassment of riches there. Uh, hell, Kelvin Banks may end up being overall the best player on your team. Right. <laughs> when it's all said and done. Um, and that offensive line should be a strength next year. Uh, and I wonder if they'll end up with like a rotation of seven guys just as the season goes on, just they trust. Right. And maybe situationally, just maybe uh, and just uh, to keep guys fresh, whatever it may be, uh, that offensive line is a really, really talented group. All right, one other thing, because you were talking about the wide receivers before we go to break here and get ready for a ride around the day, uh, listening to my man Jerry Hamilton break it down about wide receivers for Inside Texas. Remember DeAndre Moore, the kid from Cali, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, from, uh, he missed a little. He had like a little. Oh, it was a minor little injury, so they they kept him out of one of the practices, and they've only had four so far. So he, he hasn't had. I mean, as much time obviously um, as everyone else, and he's still a freshman. So you're talking about someone getting acclimated. But Jerry Hampton did talk about when he saw him put his foot in the ground. Um, a guy getting out of breaks, exploding out of breaks. Right. Um, that DeAndre Moore looks really smooth, and that his pass catching ability looks natural. He looks like the guy's a natural pass catcher. Right. Like I don't actually. I, I, not all receivers look like natural pass catchers. They don't. All, no. We've seen receivers before. Like you know, like he naturally. Why just is catches he catching that up against his body? Yeah. The not every, time. exactly. Not every yeah. receiver is a natural pass catcher. Yeah. He's saying that these. He's one of those guys that catches with his hands. So this is a good. This is a really good. You know, kind of development because we've talked about um, you know Cook last year, John Tate, sorry, last year, last week, um, before spring break, John Tate Cook being the standout, you know, a freshman performer early on in um, in spring practice, and now you're talking about another receiver that's also a young guy that's standing out that looks really, really good. I, I think it's going to be impossible to keep some of these young wide receivers off the field. In addition to X Man being completely healthy. Uh, when he's healthy, we know that he can be a a real game changer for Texas. Uh, Jay Witt, who if he can knock on wood, Witt, if he can stay healthy again, uh, he's always gonna get man to man coverage, and he can beat man to man all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. And they've had reports that Isaiah Nayor has been seen out there in his brace, but he's out there at least running some routes, going through some drills. He's limited, but at least he's back out there with the team. And we haven't even talked about Ad Mitchell and guys like Brendan Thompson. And guys yeah. like Casey Kane, uh, other guys. So wide receiver also, I feel like I'm a broken record here, should be a strength. Yes. Quarterback <laughs> should be a strength. Offensive line should be a strength. Yeah. Wide receiver should be a strength. Tight end, I don't know if it's a strength because you're not deep, but, hell, you got one of the best players in the country at that position at tight end and J.T. Sanders. After that, that's pretty much a precipitous drop-off. Running back, the only position, even though you got talent there, that's full of unproven commodities. Everywhere else, right. Uh, I don't know if the quarterback position is a proven commodity, but at least you have a guy that's got a veteran experience there now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, I, I'm not trying to blow smoke, not trying to make people drink the Kool Aid. Don't early. get too hyped, people. It's but, early. We haven't practiced, mm-hmm. but we got to talk about what we know. The offense yeah. uh, right now, man, you brought back everything on offense except the most. The, the, I was going to say the, the prize the possession. Prize, the most important player, <laughs> the best player, and the best leader, which is Rojo and Bijan. Yeah. So, yeah. How, how do you look without that? We saw in the bowl game, they didn't look great without Rojo and Bijan. Yeah. We know that was a lot of uh, that was a lot of different circumstances, a lot of different variables that added to that. We know now Jonathan Brooks wasn't healthy. We know now Xavier Worthy had the broken hand. Um, so give Sark the benefit of the doubt that now with this much talent, he should definitely be in the conversation to win the Big 12. If not, we'll be having a different conversation. <clears throat> Y'all know that. You know what we're talking about. But we ain't having that conversation <laughs> at all. We have a conversation about Texas bringing back, you know, 10 of their 11 starters on offense and contending for the Big 12 title. That's yeah. the conversation we're having, okay? Yep. And we'll continue that I conversation, as a matter of fact, in Rod's rant of the day. Uh, I'll tell you about the parting gift that Gary Patterson left with us. He, he uh. may come back. There's some talk that Gary Patterson— He did leave it open. He did leave it open. Wants yeah. to spend time with his family, with his lovely wife and his family, and I get that. He's earned that, no doubt. Uh, but he did say he could come back. But if he doesn't come back to Texas, let's say we never see Gary Patterson again, God bless him, he did leave us with a beautiful parting gift. And we'll talk mm. about that. When we come back right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. I'm as mad as hell 
but I'm not gonna take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it, it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9, the horn time for Rod's rant of the day. I want to get to some X's and O's here. You guys know I'm a football theorist, so I like to dive into the, the X's and O's whenever I can. And We had Gary Patterson as the special assistant to the head coach for one year, and we know that Gary Patterson contributed to game plans, uh, advice, counsel, a number of different things. I'm sure it's really hard to quantify exactly what his impact was, <clears throat> but he was you know, a, a really – um, I would say that he, in terms of for Sark, I do think he was a really great advisor for Sark. Like I said, hard to prove that, hard to prove it. But for a coach like Sark, who is still, in my opinion, growing and developing into being a great coach, not there yet, uh, but I do think he has a lot of the raw materials. He's got some of the uh, the skills needed to become a great coach, but. A guy like Gary Patterson can really, or at least he did, uh, really help advise Sark on really the terrain of the Big 12, really the ecosystem of the Big 12. I think part of that five and seven, there were a lot of different reasons for it. One of them was I do think the coaching staff just kind of misread, miscalculated the conference. They didn't know what the hell the conference was, especially defensively. Now, PK, now I, I'm a big PK fan. Remember, I liked, I really liked that hire at the time. It's a big fan of that PK hire. But there's no doubt, first uh, season for Texas, uh, PK kind of miscalculated the culture of the conference. Uh, the Big 12 is a, now it is, a running league that is cross-dressing as a passing league. Uh, but he thought that the big league was, sorry, the Big 12 was a league of, you know, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago that it was actually still a spread pace and space air raid league. Uh, it's not really like this, more of a hybrid spread league now, um, but that's a different discussion for a different day. But when you brought Gary Patterson in, um, I think he had a calming presence over especially specifically the defense and we know that was one of the greatest defensive turnarounds in the history of Texas football uh, that we witnessed and I think uh, not all of it I give PK some credit but some of it was the advice and the counsel and the wisdom of Gary Patterson who knew the Big 12 in and out knew it as well as probably any coach uh, at the time now one of the things that Gary Patterson has championed for a long time and popularized at the college game um was his what they call a pattern match zone. And for those of them, it's basically a, a zone man concept. They have these in basketball too. All right. It's a zone that it deteriorates into a man that becomes a man coverage or evolves into being a man coverage, devolves into being a man coverage, depending on what the route combinations are. Uh, he was one of the guys that, you know, was really a pioneer of it and popularized it. And his TCU teams would use a ton of what they call pattern match zone. Shout out to, because uh, we talked about this a ton actually during the season. Um, shout out to Cody Alexander via Twitter. He had a lot, uh, some great stats on this. But you look at Texas, start with TCU in 2021 when Gary Patterson still had um, his job as the head coach of TCU. And of course, he was the defensive architect there. Um, they ran. Quarters coverage. For those who know, quarters coverage is just you're just dropping four guys, right? It's called quarters coverage. But with quarters coverage, with a pattern match zone quarters coverage, cover four, 
you are going to match up with the route combinations that are run. So basically you're sometimes passing off routes to other defenders in coverage. All right, and then depending on the route combinations, then your your take your cover four could devolve into just being a man concept. Say you're on the back side of a three by one, which trips to one side, three wide receivers to one side, single receivers to the other side, and you're in cover four. Well, that's probably already just based on the formation. It's going to turn you on the back side, single receiver size DB. You're probably going to be in man coverage. You're going to be observing man principles. That safety, who is that? Those two deep safeties who are covering quarters, they're probably going to tell you, hey, man, you need to be inside leverage. You're going to be more man coverage. You don't have a secondary threat to the number two receiver, and we're going to roll coverage, all right, to the three receiver side. They need more help there, strength and numbers kind of thing. All right, so sometimes the formation will turn it into a man coverage. Sometimes the actual route combinations, real time during the play, they tell you exactly, they trigger exactly what the – zone concept or the man concept will be all right so that's the kind of the simplified way of breaking down hope i didn't you know, get too deep into the weeds so this type of quarters coverage all right the pattern match quarters coverage basically tcu and gary patterson loved it ran it a ton uh when he was there in 2021 uh tcu ran 53 a little over 53 percent quarters coverage now Sometimes it's just regular old cover four. Most of the time, it's their pattern matching. They're matching up, right? It's a matchup zone for them. And that was when Gary Patterson was there. That was his last year there. And, of course, he ends up leaving and then going to Texas. Texas, in 2022, their quarters coverage rate was at 54%. TCU in 2021, 53.4%. Texas in 2022, 54%. Uh, last year for Texas, their cover, their quarter, so excuse me, their quarters coverage rate was at 33%. So that was a huge influence by Gary Patterson coming in, helping Texas to at least master the concept of pattern match zone. They're going to run a ton more of it. Now, we know that Texas wants to run a lot of man coverage. That's what they want to do. But football, like life, is a constant struggle between what you want to be and what you need to be in order to survive. <laughs> so I think they want to be a, a team that can just line up and play man coverage across the board. They ain't got them kind of dogs yet. Not across the board. That's what we did when we played here. But it was me, Quentin Jammer, Nathan Vasher, Huff Daddy behind me, my, uh, you know, Cedric Griffin behind him. We had some – hell, A-Ross was like, you know, buried on the depth chart back there. We had some dogs. We could go. Um, they don't have, and when Texas played no five, they were playing man coverage damn near, I don't know, probably 80, 90% of the time. But when you've got multiple Thorpe Award winners in your secondary, you can do that. Ohio State, LSU these days, they play man coverage. They're like, we don't give a damn if you know we're playing man. We can play man. Y'all can't. Because y'all don't get exposed trying to play man. We'll play man. Y'all need to disguise it. We ain't disguising a damn thing. We playing man. Deal with it. <laughs> Nick Saban says the greatest defensive coverage in the history of football is man coverage. Problem is, not everybody can do it. All right? You only got a few people that can do it. If you ain't got enough dogs to do it, you will be exposed. So Texas wants to play man ideally. Sark said it last year. They want to play man-to-man coverage across the board, and they want to be able to add extra defenders in the box to stop the run if they need to. That's part of the reason, you know, I think that Deshaun Jameson fell out of favor with the long, with the coaches a little bit. They want guys that can play man-to-man coverage, even that field side. The reason they love Ryan Watts, he can play bump-and-run press man. 
All right. Now, can he be exposed every now and then? Yeah, you're going to be when you're playing man to man and you're playing press coverage. But he doesn't get a lot of help either. They he's on the boundary right. side, which is the short side of the field. So most of the time they're rolling coverage. All right, they're helping out the the, the, the you know the field side, the wide side of the field, um, and they want a corner over there who also can lock down on the field side, even playing bump and run if they need to, and that way they don't even have to worry about those two wide uh, offensive threats. They can just cancel those guys with, the, with their corners. And then try to win the numbers game on, uh, you know, with the interior guys, your interior defenders. So Texas wants to play man coverage, but the amount of quarters coverage they played, it was – this I know it was a, a TCU, uh, sorry, it was a Gary Patterson influence thing because you can go back to his time at TCU when he played close to 54% quarters coverage. Texas played more quarters coverage than any team played any other type of coverage in the Big 12. Their 54% quarters coverage, that was higher than any team's uh, rate of cover one, two, three, four, six. Nobody played <laughs> their coverage, all right, their coverage with the frequency that Texas played quarters coverage. They were it, it was their mainstay. Right. It was their bread and butter. And you can't do that playing just straight up old school basic cover four, where everybody just defends an area of the field. Yeah, you the can't quadrants. you'll get eaten yeah. alive. You yeah. know that you'll get eaten alive in high school playing that these days. So they were playing a lot of pattern match cover four where they can they can match up with those route combinations. Now, the question is, with Gary Patterson leaving, are they going to continue that? I do think they will because it goes back to what they want to be, which ultimately is a man coverage defense, which they're going to play more. They played, based on these numbers, last year they played 14%, a little over 14 not nearly 15%. Man, they straight up cover one, straight up cover one across the board. Doesn't give me the zero coverage. They, oftentimes in the goal line, you'd see Texas playing zero coverage. Uh, so they probably play some some zero coverage in there as well, but they don't throw that in there. So I play. I, I would say just guesstimating off the top of my head with cover one, um, which is just man coverage across the board. Usually they play cover one single high, which is one deep safety. And the amount of zero, uh, zero coverage that I witnessed, I would say they probably had 20% zero coverage and man coverage. Um, but like I said, that pattern match, basically it is a version of man coverage. It just ends up being cover four. They weren't doing that before Gary Patterson got there. That is a Gary Patterson staple. I think it'll become a staple for Texas now too. And they didn't, they, and they got beat, a, they got beat on it a, a, a no, I don't say a lot last year. They got beat on it a few times last year. That if I if I start bringing it up, you probably could remember K State game. Remember uh, Warner scores that touchdown. Yep. Um, yep. And they have yeah. It's basically a a delayed switch release. Um, it's a it's kind of a cheat code. I was going to say it put pressure a, on them to make the right read. Exactly, it's a yep. loophole. Yep. yep. Um, to force them to make a a, a delayed read. Yep. Uh, on that route combination. Um, and that route concept. So they got Texas. And by the way, uh, also Quentin Johnson. Remember he's in TCU game. Yep. Um, they run the same concept in that TCU game when uh when he scores. No, because he was it's, down it's, the middle of the field. Yes, by himself it was because they the, jumped the wrong route on the it outside. It was an explosive play. Yeah. 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 So it, they, yeah. Texas got beat. No, matter of fact, remember Xavier Hutchinson for Iowa State ended up wide open, and he dropped it. Yeah. Also, a misread on the pattern match zone. 
So I can give you that's just three off the top of my head. I probably can give you five to seven. Yeah, we had a couple of those busted ones. Yeah, yeah that, those were ones that were disastrous. Could end yeah. up being touchdowns. Right. But there are also other few where they just you can tell they they weren't reading the number two receiver correctly and they didn't anticipate. Uh, certain route concepts, and I think this year they'll better anticipate. So basically, the, the best way to beat pattern match zone is to have what I call, you know, they have switch releases where you know the number two and receive the number two and number one receiver. You know, they have basically a switch release where they're trying to they call them pick routes or you could call them rub routes, whatever. They're trying to get the DBs to run into one another if they're not on levels. One guy down the line of scrimmage, one guy back deep. Um, if if that's the, the best way to beat those coverages, honestly, as a DB, I can tell you, late switches, which mean wide receivers run downfield first vertically, seven to eight yards, and mm-hmm. then rub, then cross, then switch. Because everybody they, they at that age, they, they, you're committed. They're already declared. They're exactly. committed. Yeah. Everything's declared. Yeah. I, have to, I, have to, I got to declare as a DB at one time. Right. I can't just let them run down just the field and, and, then, and, then, yeah. and, then, and pass off a route yep. 15 yards down the field, which Texas has done, by the way, and has led to disastrous uh, outcomes. You have to, as a DB, know when to declare. Now, if you've been playing with your safety for a really long time or that corner for a long time, maybe you guys can feel that route concept and you guys can pass it off later. But late switches on routes, really tough. To defend even in pattern match zones, yeah, and that's why you rather have a dice go play bump and run because he's declared. Because you already know where it's at. I already from know the very you're going to declare it already. Yeah. So boom, yeah, yeah. I know what I'm doing. I know exactly what coverage I'm going to be playing. So it, there's a there's a lot to get into with it. I'm going to do some more deep dives about it because spring football. I think they're going to be practicing that a ton. But that was a little parting gift from uh, man Gary Patterson. I think all your every time you you have an ex that 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 moves on, whether you break up with them or they break up with you, you should always it takes a parting gift. Uh, I'm not saying <laughs> steal something from them. Don't steal like their DVDs. Give me that. Right. Give me that. That's, no, that's lame. Don't Give me your Walkman. I'm talking about taking one of their like skills, being able to learn something from them. Like if she can cook, take that. Take her. Take some recipes from her. If she's organized, take that. If Hell, maybe she's got some great skills in the bedroom. Hey, maybe she made you a better lover. Take that. You should never leave a relationship all right, uh, worse off than when you came into it. You should be a better person, no matter how disastrous relationship was. There's something that person can help you out with, something they can give you that will make you better, that will improve your quality of life. That's Gary Gary Patterson's pattern match zone for Texas. He left him with that. Thank you. All right, uh, we come back. We'll get into uh, some other off the record wacky, crazy stories right here on Ball Don't Lie. One four nine horn. Right here on 104 the Horn. Okay, so this is H Town, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. So that's a Devontae in H Town too. Yeah, he was the he was the producer. Yeah, yeah. Remember, that's the Jodeci beat, dang, dang that's near. Right, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah. oh, so are they just recognizing Devontae from because he Jodeci, was the producer, or is it Devontae in H Town? He's the producer. Devontae was the producer. He's yeah. the producer of this song. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. he don't be the full-time lover, well, because right? I want to say Devontae produced. If you don't that mind. makes sense because this is a death row production about the Ravens. And remember, Devontae also works with, with Pac yeah. on one of those death row jams. I yeah. believe it was 
No More Pain or something? You Devontae remember this? Swang. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, random stuff. Mo- H-Town. Mid- midweek movie music. Oh, Knocking Boots? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Somebody rocking, knocking the boots. I think I got that knocking on my phone right jam now. Back in I the think day. I got it right now. Oh, yeah. Nah, I remember that. Hey, <laughs> H-Town, baby. Uh, all right. Uh, you can always be a part of the show. 512-337-3776. Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick plays uh, jams from a certain soundtrack of a movie that inspired him. And he plays those selections for us. And based on those songs, we are to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of Midweek Movie Music. And today, Above the Rim. Fitting. Yeah. We're talking a lot of basketball. Uh, speaking of basketball and above the rim, little basketball nuggets here since we're right up against it. Uh, John Morant coming off the bench. You informed me of this hard. Yep. Uh, Tim McMahon has a John Morant will come off the bench tonight versus the Rockets. Oh, yeah. R-O-C-K-E-T-S. Okay. They got it like that, too? No, nah, we don't. You don't do that, Chance. Yeah. We haven't done that in years. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you haven't heard it in years. I'm like, uh, no wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all uh, get through also, the whole national anthem now? Y'all know the guy cheering at it? Uh, also, Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic would also return tonight against the Warriors. Yep. Oh, man, we got some nice hoops uh, action in right, Texas. I think it's Texas next, State. too, right you're now. You're right. You're right. Yeah, 6.30 game. This is the, the Warriors who are terrible on the road. No, they're horrible. Against the Mavs who cannot win a game no matter what now with these two guys. So, really, it's just going to be two guys trying to lose a basketball game. You think, Ky- <laughs> you, you think Kyrie's going to change exchange jerseys without altercation this time? Not with Draymond. <laughs> what was it? Dylan Brooks? It was Dylan know? Brooks. Hold on. It the was bully. an altercation. He just didn't want the jersey, Yeah, he was right? like, man, I'm out. I'm out. That is insulting, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, he took his off well, the I give don't get, If you're Dylan Brooks, why are you trading jerseys? Nah, like, isn't your whole gimmick that you, you're you a jerk? Don't like nobody. Yeah, you, yeah. That you're, you're the toughest guy. Yeah, you wanna, like, if that's your whole gimmick, don't change jerseys after. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, girl, you're supposed to be a villain. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, the Warriors have one of the biggest disparities between road record and home record in the, the absolute worst in, in the history of the NBA. It's yes. really bad. Matter of fact, might, I might find the numbers for you because I went rabbit holing about yeah. it. Let's uh, put it like this way: ago. their road record is roughly the same as the Spurs and Rockets. Yeah. That's how no, bad no, no. it is. No, no, no. And the Spurs and Rockets are two of the worst teams in the league. No. They're trying to lose. Yeah, they're trying to lose. <laughs> and they have the same record as this team who's trying to who won the national who won the championship last year and wants last to win again. Year. They're, they're basically like the worst, potentially the worst team in the NBA on the road. They're yeah. one of the worst teams in the NBA. Yeah. I, yeah. And we'll they are the worst team that. on the road, potentially in the history, but they're also the first team to be that bad after winning a championship. Yeah. Like well, it's that unheard makes sense of. too, because they were a dynasty and then they won a title unexpectedly. I can see them being like, man, I'm kind of, I'm over it. I'm ready to play what we're ready to play yeah. like for the playoffs. We'll get to Maybe the we'll playoffs first, though. Yeah, uh, That's a good point, yeah. too. Uh, all right, we'll come back. Uh, more NBA news notes and nuggets. Uh, but also, we'll get back to the NFL news notes and nuggets. Mel Kuyper, Darren Jeremiah with their mock drafts. Cowboys still making moves. And the Colts are not out of the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, says an insider. We'll get into all that more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The 